You know, every Sunday night, I uh, I get to do a show here on The Ref. It's syndicated on Fox Sports Radio. I, I think I think you guys still get me on Sunday nights from 10p to 1a in Tulsa on the buzz. Maybe not. It might be on a it might be on another signal. Pretty sure in Oklahoma City you get me 10p to 1a on Sunday nights. And there is there's a pretty consistent joke on that show. And that that consistent joke is that when my teams don't win, I'm I'm not going to show up for work. Now, I think those of you who have listened with any regularity know I'm kind of it's kind of all I do is work, but it depends on how you view what I do. It's like I don't really know if this is work or not, and someday I worry that there's going to be a guy that walks in and is like, "Hey, you're you're talking sports and they pay you?" But it's like, "Oh gosh, the shroud is up. I'm I'm in trouble or trade, whatever." But the joke has always been, ah, your team's lose. You're not going to show up. I want to make this statement now uh, for this show, for all my shows. Not only do I show up in the face of adversity and challenge it head first, but I also do so with ways to fix everything. If if you came to this show this morning to one guy, I and I – have kind of said this for years. If you've come to my show when it was on 1430 The Buzz from 2 to 6, if you've come to this show whenever it's been here on The Ref from 9 to 11, now 9 to noon, and you want guys fired and you want guys benched and you want this person there and you want that there, uh, probably not going to be the show for you for the next three hours, unless you're a Raiders fan. In that case, I want everyone fired. I want everyone cut. I want him sent back to the college. I want Devontae Adams to pay back his contract. And I want Chandler Jones shipped to the XFL. Now, if you're here for that, I got you. But from the college side of things, we try to look at things from from the perspective of you know angry fans, but in that same vein, a calculated approach. And I've, I've got it all fixed today. Over the next three hours of this show, we're going to fix it all. It, I just I have confidence in that because – I mean, what what else are you going to say on a Monday after a loss like that? I will. Good morning, Josh Helmer. How are you on this Monday? We're live, by the way, from Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium because today we do have the taping of Coach's Corner, which had typically segued into the podcast. But I'm going to talk to Toby because we may push the podcast to tomorrow. I have a couple of doctor's appointments that this old man needs to take care of, but tomorrow we'll, we'll see on that. So I'm at OU. Good morning, Josh. Was your weekend as crappy as mine was for my teams? Good morning. Happy Monday to you. Uh, yeah, it was a troubling weekend. <laughs> troubling weekend all around. But, hey, we, uh, we trudge on. We try to get to the bottom of what exactly happened in Norman. Mm. Losing sucks. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it, dude. It just... You know, obviously, in real-life things, in things that truly matter in your day-to-day existence, right? This is, this is perspective plank, okay? This is, this is a conversation, Josh, that I was having with myself on two different occasions this weekend. One of them was on the drive home from the game on Saturday night at about 12.45 a.m., and then for some reason, I'm a sucker for pain. Uh, I was telling 
I was telling my man Mike, uh, Pastor Mike, about this in Washington Sunday morning. When I get home on Saturday night, Josh, the first thing I do is I go through all of the the game, right? And and I and I put the podcast up. I put the post game show, edit out the commercials. Um, chop out, you know, n- nothing in the content-wise. I mean, it's not like, oh, no, did you say that? Get that out of there. No, nothing like that. Just, you know, try to make sure it's smooth and easy for fans. Then I go through and I read I read all the hate. I read everything that was directed at me. My personal my, my personal favorite, by the way, of the hate that was directed at me during the, during the game on Saturday night, just to, if I could sidebar here for a minute. This was like midway through the second quarter. Literally midway through the second quarter, and some dude tweeted at me, "Ah, remember when Plank said that Dylan Gabriel's accuracy wasn't a concern?" I'm like, it's, I, I said it doesn't concern me, and I don't think it's going to be an issue going forward. Y'all can decide to go how you want, but yeah, uh, that was my personal favorite. And then he, like, tagged Bob. Bob Prisbilla doesn't even follow me, so he doesn't give an ass. But he tags Bob, and he's like, oh, Dylan doesn't look right. And literally, I had a report from the sideline that said, hey, you know, Dylan Gabriel over here, kind of working on a little cut on his leg. Looks like he's going to be okay. Very minor, like, things, right? Oh, Plank says he's fine. Literally, the whole – it was like, this dude was on me the whole game. The whole game. And I don't want to say this, but I don't really – I mean, Dylan Gabriel wasn't great, but I don't think you come away like, oh, my gosh, the quarterback needs to change from Saturday night. But anyway, I digress. Back to the point. I'm driving home on Saturday night, and I'm having that conversation. There is nothing worse than having to interview people in a losing locker room. I don't, I don't know how people that covered teams that lose four to five to six games a year do it. And I'm not even being sarcastic or being an a-hole. Oklahoma literally might lose two games a season, right? And, and, and it's terrible. Oh, gosh, they lost two games this year. I don't know how people do it. I would, I, I've started a laundry list of things I would rather do, Josh. I'd rather someone take Tabasco, pour it in the corner of my eye socket, than to have to interview people after a loss. I'd rather someone take a paper and cut that little area, the webbing between your fingers, and and pour lemon juice into it than to have to interview people after a loss because because you know the fight they put into it. You know the grind they put into it. You know how much it meant to them. And then in that, you know how much it means to the fans. And you just can't be in there and be like, hey, you okay? You know, you, you've, you've got to ask tough questions, and it sucks. It's terrible. It's awful. It's the worst. So I'm driving home on Saturday night, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm having that. It's terrible. And I realize, you know, you, you get about – you go through those stages of grief. I have a little longer drive home. It's – hold on. I'm, I'm, again, I'm not trying to minimize the five stages of grief, but I think everyone kind of understands it if you listen to this show regularly, that we use it in a very sports understanding. There's denial, right? Driving, you know, basically stuck in traffic because no one realizes there's a left lane whenever you're driving down Lindsay for a while, and then, it, you know, you're backed up forever. So you go through the denial while you're waiting, and then it's kind of anger. You get mad. It's like, God, how in, the, how in the world can our guys not level off their rush? How is that the same Adrian Martinez that we saw the game before? Then you get into bargaining. It's like, well, you know, maybe, 
if this happened, that would have happened, right? It, you, you kind of go back and forth with it. And then after bargaining, there, there, there's depression, and you're just sad. You're just like, God, really lost that game. And then at some point on that drive for me, I reach acceptance, and it's this. It's a 12-game season. It is not over. It's frustrating. It's, it's, it's anger-inducing. It's even a term I use a lot, Josh, enraging. But if you truly believe in Brent Venables and his staff, then you truly believe they're going to get things fixed. Now, that was a pretty quick roll through the five stages of grief for me on my drive home on Saturday night. Maybe that speaks to my belief in Brent Venables. Now, Josh, I'm not going to lie. I'm still in the second stage of grief with the Raiders because 0-3, when you're the only 0-3 team in the NFL, there wasn't even any denial about it. I'm still in the anger phase, and I don't think I'm going to get in the acceptance phase until maybe they beat the Broncos on Sunday. But it kind of – you kind of choose your path here, right? You do. You, 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 read, you read those books when you were a kid, right? It's like, if you want to do this, turn to page this. If you want to do that, turn to page. Now it's all video games, right? But you choose your path. And as we hit our, our Monday benchmark, which is after four games, after four weeks of Oklahoma Sooner football, I know this, you can be – like I, and it's hard for me, right, to be a person that's like, don't be like that. Because I'm like that with the Raiders, okay? I'm very much in my flesh when it comes to the Raiders right now. How Calm, serenity now. Serenity now, Josh. But you choose your path, right? It's whichever way you want to go. Do you want to Do you want to be fan that is just done with him and throws your hands up? And you've been there before. It's like, yeah, thought this was different. Another loss to a double-digit underdog. Guess things aren't going to change. You know, look. You're going to compare to everything. Well, OSU's undefeated still, and got Baylor's bouncing back, and that USC won on Saturday night. It's just everything's caving in around you, and you can decide to be anger and done and moving on. I don't know what you're moving on to, but that's fine. Or you can say, all right, things are fixable, and you couldn't ask for a better guy to fix it, and they're going to get this right. So you kind of you, you choose your path. I'm very much on that right path instead of that left path right now. But I would imagine, Josh, for Team 128, there's a lot of people that are still very much down the middle because as I get through this meandering road to get your take on it, we've never really seen a Brent Venables head coach team have to battle something like this, right? It's new. It's fresh. No, we haven't, yeah. And we've seen this program obviously come back from conference opening losses I saw the note from Mike Houck over the weekend, 2006, 2007, 2012, and 2020. Oklahoma lost uh, its conference opener, went on and won the Big 12 championship, each of those last uh, four occasions that that happened for OU. And obviously the fabric of Oklahoma in each of those, a little bit different, right? Right. You've got the constant of head coach Bob Stoops for three of them, then obviously Lincoln Riley and now Brent Venables, so – I don't know that maybe there's anything to that other than I guess it's been a coincidence for Oklahoma, but that that is that is there, right? There right. is a history. There is, uh, I guess, more than anything, just the acknowledgement that this can be done. 
Oklahoma's done it themselves in the past, right? The the last four times this has happened where you, you lose your conference opener and then slowly but surely work your way back into it and win a conference championship. And all of those goals, those, those haven't dissipated for Oklahoma. No. So, welcome to the Reaction Monday. Are you still doing the post-game show, or are you out on that because you're all Hawkeyes all the time? Yeah, no. No, okay. no post-game show for me. That is uh, a Travis and Tyler special. Okay. I think that's one of the post-game shows that um, I wouldn't be very good on because I'm not going to lie, dude. I mean, I, I would imagine a lot of people felt this way. I was mad driving home. I was I was mad. I'm sad. It was it was a gut punch. And I think the hardest thing to accept about Saturday night and you know, Brent said it in his post game presser and we'll we'll bring you some of that. The hardest thing to accept about Saturday night is the same thing we were saying about what happened to Kansas State against Tulane. What happened to Kansas State against Tulane? Tulane beat him in the trenches. Just bullied him. Bro, we got bullied on Saturday night. That's that's a really hard thing to accept. And when I'm not trying to be that guy, it's like, well, why don't you go out there and do it? I'm like, I'm like 5'9", maybe 225 right now, maybe 230. We'll be on every side. But I'm just – it's what happened, and it sucks. I still wonder. I still wonder if they put someone else in an Adrian Martinez jersey on Saturday night, Josh. I because I watched heading into this game. I watched. I'm not going to get too carried away here. Listen, I'm not a film guy, but to better understand players and know who's who, and hopefully have an idea about maybe some fun storylines and angles on the opponent. I watched pretty much all of their first three games. And, yes, I know two of them were played in a rainstorm, or at least a, a majority of, of the first one, and they had delays, and, and most of the second half Missouri was. But I don't know who that dude was in the Kansas State uniform. I had Kansas State people saying if he would have had a bad couple of drives, they would have gone potentially with a backup. And I even put Will Howard in my spotlight. We've seen Will Howard before. I'm not a big Will Howard guy. But I would not have been surprised if things didn't go well early if they went to their backup. That's That was kind of the buzz. But how in the world, how in the world, how in the world was that the same guy, Josh, we saw in their first three games? They couldn't throw the football in their first three games. How was that the same guy? It's the question that will mystify, right? Okay. And let's see what happens with Adrian Martinez going forward. I mean, is this the springboard to where <laughs> – all of a sudden, he's back, and it's young Adrian Martinez, and we're going to see him do some really, really nice things the rest of the season. Or did Oklahoma turn Adrian Martinez and give credit where Adrian Martinez is is due credit? He played a terrific football game. Is this is this going to be what we see now moving forward from Adrian Martinez? And I'm not saying that he combines for five touchdowns every game, but is he going to be this type of dual threat? factor the rest of the way I mean he was good he was accurate throwing the football he was tough to get down in the run game uh, obviously I think Oklahoma's culpable for you know a good portion of that with a uh, poor defense but 
You're right. Yeah, it was just night and day. Totally different. Adrian Martinez. I mean, it's uh, again, it's puzzling that that he could be that bad and then obviously come down here and be this good. I love you guys. It's nine nineteen on the Plank Show. I just want to tell you, I took my first look at the, um, I took my first look at the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I love you guys. This is so fun. I'm, I, I really am. I'm so blessed to get to do this, and I think we have an awesome audience. So let's hit those coming up in just a bit. <laughs> Wait, the, the, very, the very first tweet to our show, Josh, or one of the first is fire Mike Stoops. <laughs> Indeed, yes. Uh, hey, listen, man. Catching strays. RJ, RJ, my man RJ Young, I mean, he's made a he's made a built an empire off of that. Wanting to fire Mike Stoops, right? <laughs> like RJ will tell you. I love RJ. Um, anyway, all right, let's get a break. Let's let's get our senses about it. Are you good? I mean, you and I both had NFL misery yesterday. Mine's much deeper than yours, but we both had NFL misery yesterday. We had the college misery on Saturday. Uh, I feel like, though, we're in a good place, right? We, we okay? You good or are you still angry? Oh, we're good. We're, okay. we're good, baby. It's, right. it's move on Monday. Oh, I like what you did there. Now, um, that's much different than our typical make sure everyone knows how good you are Monday, which uh, hopefully we'll be back next week. Yeah, we're hoping for a return. (laughs) One week's time. Make sure everyone knows how good you are Monday. Go ahead and trademark that if you want. Let's let's make money off that. Well, we're doing a break. All right, 921 already. Show's flying. Now, remember, remember, you get two assistant coach press conferences today. So we'll hear from Jeff Levy and Tad Roof. We get the – Brent Venable show tonight, and then tomorrow we'll get the BV press conference. Get this week started right with the Plank Show right here on The Ref. You you don't know how much this show is therapeutic for me, Josh. Just getting to hang with you, peeps on the text line. You can call us on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, too. Riverwind Casino call-in line. It's open, 405-329-9000. Going to get to you in just two seconds, Bama Tom. So hang in there, BT-dub. Uh, how was your weekend, Ozatol? I just feel like I glazed by it. It was one of these, hey, Josh, how was your weekend? So anyway, <laughs> to, to open the show, but did you have a good weekend? Good good morning, my friend. Great to be with you as always. Yeah, no, I mean, outside of Oklahoma and Kansas City losing from a fan perspective, I mean, other than that, getting to kick back and watch football all weekend was great. The The rest of the weekend was really good. I can't. I can't say I'm, you know, I mean, obviously down about OU right. coming in this morning. It's it's more fun when you're talking about being 1-0 in conference play uh, to start the Venables era. But, hey, it, it is what it is, right? So, other than that, I mean, all things considered, I, I feel like I'm in fairly good spirits. What about you, my friend? I, I am um, – well, I, I, let me just real quick. I, don't, I doubt any of them are listening. But I've got a really co- uh, cool group of friends that I get to hang with on Sunday night. Uh, Trev and, and Adam and um, – Jay and, and all their wives and we're, we're in a small group together and I'm it's good for my anger issues because there's always some there's a, a little bit of uh gosh I don't want to say ball busting because I don't know if that's accepted but there's a little bit because I'm the oldest guy in the group which is not a really good thing for me to handle um, but it's good for me and, and the Raiders played at noon so I wasn't exactly enamored with my phone the whole time and that, that was nice and they brought up something about the the mid first update that we do. And it, it, I want to make this point very clear because I know everyone's mad at everyone this morning, right? Uh, so so hear, hear me out. And, and these guys didn't say anything. 
Um, it's just it's been something that has hit my direct messages and my 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 text on the super secret text dosa line. So here we go. I don't control what games we give the scores of. Okay, so um, when you get mad at me for constantly giving the South Carolina Charlotte score, I have no control over that. All right, uh, and in fact, your boy has been saying, and in fact, when we were getting ready to do the second scoreboard update, hey, USC is losing right now, so it might be kind of fun to set this place into a frenzy with an Oregon State-USC update. But, again, not not my place, peeps. My role is to be down there in my spot, move around when allowed, and bring you all the update from the sidelines. That's what I do. But could you imagine, Josh? Could you imagine that place? Hi, right, ladies and gentlemen, mid for a scoreboard update. What's going on in Corvallis? We take you. Oregon State, the place would have went crazy, right? Because we're not showing a highlight if they're winning. But again, like I said, your boy has no control. We can dream. That. We can dream. It'll happen. All right, let's go to the phones. 405-329-9000. Best of the text line coming up at the bottom of the hour, but uh, Bama Tom kicks things off. Bama Tom, I, I have two sayings that are guaranteed to make you laugh. So the okay. five-and-a-half-year-old who has Rapunzel-like blonde hair and looks like Elsa, I've got three college-agers, and then we have our miracle baby, Violet. So anyway, um, lately, out of the blue, she has been, no pun intended, she has been saying, hey, I need a cup of milk. Can you give me a cup of milk, Joe Biden? <laughs> or, hey, I want some candy. Hey, Joe Biden, can you give me some candy? Everything is prefaced, prefaced with Joe Biden. <laughs> I don't think this little girl knows who Joe Biden is. But everything she says, hey, I need my hat. Give me my hat. So then the second thing she's been doing is our normal, you know, bath time, bedtime routine. She's learning to count by tens. So she started in the 1900s and started telling me, in 1900, George Washington learned to brush his teeth. In 1950, George Washington was playing baseball on first base for the Yankees. And she just keeps going and going and going. Anyway, hope that brightens your day. Uh, Hang in there. I'm out. Bye-bye. Bama Tom, I will say this. My daughter likes to give me math problems. Um, and sometimes I'm very confused by these math problems. I, I have many. I know, I know Bama Tom had to go. But wh- why do you think she prefaces everything with calling? Did, does Bama Tom look like Joe Biden? Or does she just hear that name so much you think she got to. it up? Got to. That's got to be it. Right? It's got to be the television viewership that's happening. Right. Maybe she hears it around the house. I, I got to be honest with you. And, and that's not like a part of my day-to-day life. I'm not a, a political guy. But I don't – I think I muted a bunch of words on Twitter. I think I was able to mute Biden, Trump, politics, president. Um, <laughs> I think I was able to mute a lot of those. And I think it kind of made my life a little bit better because it's not as intrusive as, as it has been over the last decade. Maybe it also matters that, you know, college football and the NFL is here. My daughter will give me math problems. Dad, what's 1,000 times 10? And literally, I'll panic. I'm like, ha, ha, ah, zero. Well, you carry the one. Do you know in daddy's work, he doesn't have to worry about that as far as math is concerned. Now, I don't think we need a cheer up. I don't. I, I don't think today is a day. Oh, man, come on. I think today's a day to let it out. I really do. You know, I've, I've said this a lot from 
the most and, – and I don't know, you know, I, I forget what I did yesterday. But there's certain days that always resonate with me and I remember. And I remember them like they're, they're yesterday. And I'll never, I'll never forget whenever Oklahoma played Texas A&M in the, in the Cotton Bowl. Do you remember, do you remember that season – and of course, jo- Johnny Manziel went wild in the second half, really all game, but especially it, in the second half. Right. And, and that was a season that <laughs> that was a season that Oklahoma lost to Kansas State. But it was <laughs> it was it was a season when there was a lot of hope. Right. There was a lot of hope for that team. And after they lost to Kansas State and, and they got beat by Notre Dame the same night that James Harden got traded, uh, they reeled off five wins in a row. And then they played Texas A&M in the Cotton Bowl, and they got beat. And people were down. And I'll never forget the the Monday when we got back on the buzz. I thought this show is going to be a cluster, um, even for a team that finished ten and three. This sh- I'm just oh my gosh, I'm mentally not, prepping for it, huh? <laughs> I was mentally prepping for it, and we got in on that Monday, and it it wasn't too bad. I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's that's fine. I think people have accepted the season is over, and you know we'll get ready for twenty thirteen with a with I, I I think it was a new starting quarterback and see how things go. Fresh mindset, right? No big fresh deal. mind. And and I was like, this is good. Alabama played Notre Dame that night in the national championship. <laughs> right. Game. Yes. Remember what Alabama did to Notre Dame? They punked them. Absolutely obliterated them. It Bro, was such a boring national championship game. The show I thought we were going to get on that Monday, we got on that Tuesday. <laughs> because everybody was then mad about how far off it seemed that Oklahoma was from where Bama was, right? Sure. <laughs> so, And I'll never, I'll never forget that. So maybe, maybe there's some of you that are letting that anger kind of sit and letting it percolate. And you're like, oh, you know, I'll be okay. And it just unveils on a Tuesday. Toby and TJ have kind of talked about that. Nah, why bottle it up? Get it out today. Because if you get caught up in the comparison game, you're going to lose your ever-loving mind, man. You are. It's going to be very – it's going to be frustrating. And here's what sucks about this week, too. Here's what sucks about this week is you're going to hear a lot about USC nationally. If you – which means – there might be a lot of people that have punched out this week. I don't think so. I tend to like to know what's going on with my team even when they lose, especially from people that cover them and know them and um, understand what's going on. But there is going to be a lot of, I think, the fourth best team in college football is USC. I think – and that's frustrating to hear, right, whenever you watch a team that's very similar to what you've watched over the last – five years in Norman that suddenly is having teams throw the ball to him like crazy. <laughs> that turnover margin is still ridiculous for the Trojans right now. So I think that'll add a layer of frustration, Josh, too, as this week goes on. And there's going to be cheap shots taken at Oklahoma. There always is, right? Oh, see, they they were who we thought they were. It's, it's still a four-loss team. They're not going to do anything. They're not going to be who we – that's one thing that you've got to deal with that just sucks as a fan when you're yeah. a diehard fan of that team. Yep, 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 yep. I mean, the more that USC's winning and mm-hmm. when, when Oklahoma stumbles and when it resembles past stumbles, then people are going to draw that, that parallel to, ah, look what Lincoln left, look, what, right. look what's happening with Brent Venables. One Colin Cowherd I've I've seen has already kind of taken that approach. Yeah, sure. So. I mean, listen, it's going to happen. 
It's going to happen. There's, there's no reason why it shouldn't either. It's just got to accept it. It sucks when you lose. Um, I'm sitting here. I watched, you know, and I try to always preach the be the bigger fan, be the bigger person. My deathbed request is that whenever someone says something stupid about your team that has no relevance in your life, that you're not blowing up their Twitter mentions and you just ignore them. Because there is nothing more concerning to someone that trash talks than apathy. When you don't trash talk to them and they're like, yeah, see, told you. No, they don't win. They, they lose whenever you ignore them. And it's a hard thing to do. But that's, that's my deathbed witch. So whenever I'm on that deathbed, whenever it might be, someone please help make that a possibility. You know, everyone always, you'll see these tweets. Uh, Bill's deathbed wish was that this tweet would get one million likes. My deathbed wish is that something stupid Colin Coward says gets zero. <laughs> so help me. But the, the reality the reality is um, more than anything else is I, uh, I still feel really good about this team. And I'm saying that about an 0-3 Raiders team too. So I don't, I don't know how to handle the hate because I just counter it with I'm not as down on them as some are. And I'm not looking to point fingers for excuses on any level. I just I have this positive feeling on both, on both of my squads right now. But, again, Gosh. I was also a Raiders fan who thought Jamarcus Russell could be a good starting quarterback. Can we, stop, right. can we stop the quarterback run, Joe Biden? <laughs> hey, hey, Joe Biden, are we going to level out our rush, Joe Biden? <laughs> hey, Joe Biden, can you do something about Adrian Martinez, at, please? At the, at the very least, Bama Tom's call gives us an excuse, right? <laughs> we can throw everything on. Are uh, our linebackers going to get lit up whenever they're attacking the quarterback by Deuce Vaughn? Still, Joe Biden. All right, best of the air comfort solutions text line. We're going to roll through them all today. I'm in every single text that is sent to this show. It's impossible. But we'll do our best next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Uh, we're, we're obviously a little off the clock, a little off kilter. So let's uh, let's roll through some of these early texts to the show. Uh, after four games, Oklahoma Sooner football, I know this, from the 405, I just thought of a bright spot about our poor tackling, no ejections for targeting. That's, uh, Mission accomplished. Uh, Brian in Tulsa, look at what we have in front of us. It's going to be a great season. We've been there before and came out better than expected, Boomer. I think I think for me, Josh Helmer, one of the things that I have faith and hope in is and, and I'm going to be I mean, I'm not one of these guys that's going to sit here and pretend like I didn't have faith and belief that we had a coaching staff that could do it last year or the year before that. I mean, we 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 all felt that. We got frustrated by continually hearing, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's close. It's close, right? It got frustrating. And I think that it was maybe for some of us a little refreshing to not hear someone say that it was close on Saturday night. I mean. It ain't good enough. It's not good enough. Not even close. And I have a high level of belief in Brent Venables that's not going to be shook, even if they don't lose a game or win a game again this year. Now, maybe that's being a little bit facetious. But I don't think that's going to happen. You know, I was thinking, too, we didn't even really get to enjoy the Texas loss, right? No. <laughs> Texas is now 
you know, a two and two football team. But it's it to me what this weekend shows is just how wild this Big Twelve is going to be. I mean, it really is. Um, Baylor goes on the road and beats Iowa State. You know, TCU looks good against a, a, a decent SMU team. Right, West Virginia got back in a – we forget about West Virginia on Thursday night. Um, Jalen Daniels looks really good. Now, I'm, I'm not sitting here trying to – everyone's losing their mind over Kansas, and they should. This is great for Kansas at 4-0. Um, but, you know, they, they're, they're, their task gets much tougher. And, you know, I look at the Big 12 schedule this weekend, and I've seen many people say this. I don't know how you put an odd spread on some of these games. It's wild. It's wild to see how tight things have become. Every every game, I mean, sounds good. OU at TCU could yeah. go either way. Texas Tech at Kansas State. I think Texas Tech can give K-State a heck of a football game. Oklahoma State-Baylor, I mean, that might be – it was last year. It might be again this year, your, your Big 12 championship game. Iowa State at Kansas could go either way. West Virginia, this is the largest spread. Texas is favored by 10 there, but – Look, West Virginia's coming off a really, really nice yeah. performance and right. going down to Texas. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great slate. Clearwater sooner. I was giving you some of that perspective earlier, right? I was so put off by the game this weekend. Now a Cat 4 hurricane seems to be aiming straight for Tampa and Clearwater. Perspective, not bothered near as much by the game anymore. Yeah, how about Hurricane Ian? I guess it's Cat. You know, this is, this is usually – that time of year where you start seeing some of those issues on the coast and in the Gulf. But we're thinking of you clear water sooner. Stay safe down there, man. Uh, from the 918, our beloved Sooners could not have played worse all three phases and still had a chance to tie it up and go to overtime. Now, that's, that's some positive perspective. Now, let me counter with the negative. <laughs> when they had that chance to get a stop on third and 16, they could not have done everything Ugh. more more incorrectly. And How does that happen on that play? It, Teddy's got a good breakdown of it. He gave a, gave a great breakdown of it in the post game show. But you had two line, um, you had two linebackers that got stuck on tackles, and it uh, again, not a coach, but it probably wasn't the best call. And Ted Roof even said it. They're man to man in that situation, so I'm not. A, you know what I dig, and I'm not again trying to be X and O guy. But I kind of dig what you see NFL teams do in those situations, like third and third and sixteen, and you'll see <laughs> basically you're not going to get anything over the top, and underneath you got a bunch of guys that can rally up and tackle. You know that that, that just didn't work for the Sooners on, yeah. on Saturday night. Just keep literally everything in front of the sticks. Come up, right. make a tackle, and, and then and then one more, one more. Defense gets a pass. Since they only had ten guys on the field all night, Aguebu should have Aguebu ne- should never see the field at OU again unless it's garbage time. Now I'm not gonna, again, like I said, not the place to come for player bashing, but every time I looked up, it seemed like he was making a tackle. Unfortunately, it seemed like it was down the field a bit, and I even we were in a commercial break, and I remember looking up at the big screen and it said David Aguebu 14 tackles or whatever it was, and I I got on like. Stats, is that right? Aguebu has that many tackles? And Ted said, yeah, they're running right at him all night long. So that's something that definitely needs to be fixed. Um, Jeez, uh, I want to get this. The guy next to me at the game kept <laughs> – I, 
the guy next to me the game kept passing gas. I had to go down by the concession in Section 1 to order to keep my lunch. Uh, the experience was way worse than that loss. I'm excited to see how this team responds to adversity. Yeah, uh, some dude constantly flatulating next to you I think would be an issue if, you, if you're sitting next to him. And then one more. Everyone, including myself, were saying we won't know what kind of team we have until K-State. Well, Sooner in Texas. You have a team that has to bounce back from adversity, Bill. All right, Sooner in Texas, <laughs> and, that's, and that's what you got. Here's the scary thing is I think I know this team even a little bit less, less. coming out of the K-State game. <laughs> hey, TCU, speaking of unknowns, TCU's still an incredibly unknown in this league, right? They've only played three games. They've won them all. Colorado's miserable. But, I mean, it's it's tough. All right, let's – Let's get a break. Bill, you get the next segment at 405-329-9000. Got a little carried away. A lot of text rolling in after four weeks of Oklahoma Sooner football. We know this. We'll continue to take your texts and your calls. Plus, we'll hear post-game from Brent Venables, Ted Roof, and Jeff Flebby coming up at 10 a.m. right here on The Route. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. I, I left Bill on hold for too long in the air comfort. All right, excuse me. Riverwind Casino call in line at 405-329-9000. So, Bill, put a wrap on this hour for me, man. Welcome to the show. What's up? Yeah, um, I'm not really mad. If you go back, you remember, oh, you come and tied the game up, mm-hmm. and then they let you at Kansas State come right back and get a big kickoff return and go oh, ahead. From that time on, I never thought, oh, you had a chance to win that game. I thought Kansas State was in control of it 90% of the time. It, You know, Bill, you're right. I, I, I don't even have a counter to you. They, they control that football game. And every time that Oklahoma seemed like they were in a position to either regain or get some momentum, the kick return, major play in that game. Anytime Oklahoma seemed like they got something going offensively, a procedure penalty or something would push them back. It's just, again, it was a really snake-bitten night, to be honest with you. But I have faith in Brent. Brent's got to get his a lot of his own recruits in here. That's why I'm not in no hurry to see him go to the US, to the SEC. I hope they don't go to 2024. Well, I, I think it might even be later than that, Bill. Thanks for the phone call. I know that everyone tries to read tea leaves and say, hey, that TV deal starts in 24. They might not. They might truly not be in the, uh, the SEC until 25, at least in what everyone is saying leading into this, um, this offseason. The road team in the OU Kansas series now, if I can get nerdy note guy on you, has now won nine of the last 12 meetings. In fact, since the start of the Big 12, the visiting team is now 13-7. and seven. The Wildcats improved to 500 in Norman in the Big 12 era, which is the best winning percentage by an opponent in Big 12, OU has won now eight of the last 10 Big 12 openers and 12 of its last 15, but it's three Big 12 opening defeats in the last 15 years have all come to Kansas State. And I think you were kind of echoing that stat, Josh, a little 12, bit earlier, 20, right? 22. Yep. Oklahoma has... Uh, the, the loss on Saturday 
ended a streak of 10 straight conference home uh, – excuse me, let me reset that. The loss on Saturday breaks a 10-game home losing streak. And since 2020 – wait, son of a B, read a plank. Oklahoma has now uh, – it ends a streak of winning 10 straight home, uh, home games. And the Sooners have still won 28 of its last 30 games at home. It's lone home losses during that period, Kansas State, 20 and 22. Mm-hmm. Something about K-State in Norman this last decade. They, they've, for whatever reason, have played well here and won here. I mean, yeah. not just played well. I mean, coming here and been, uh, as you mentioned right there, the only team that's beaten Oklahoma, and right. they've beaten them twice. And then, uh, you know, obviously dating back further, have won a couple other times here. What, 12 and 14? Right. I would say 20 was pretty frustrating because Oklahoma was so in control of that game. Yeah, you, you led by three touchdowns. Yeah. And that whole game shifted on it. Is special teams play again, dude? A special teams play. That kick returned by Knowles just stymied the momentum for the Sooners. Stymied it. Um, and, yeah, you know, I – there's a couple throws that Dylan Gabriel missed that I'm still miffed by. I still look back and it's like, what happened there? All right, um, hour one in the books. We're going to make it, fam. We're going to make it. Uh, we'll hear from Jeff Levy, Ted Roof, and Brent Venables post game, plus more of your air comfort solutions, texts, and your calls at 405 329 Hour one of the Plank Show has been brought to you by Van Hoos Fence. Learn more online right now. At vhfence.com. That's vhfence.com. It's Plank Show live from LU.